Would you like to retire with enough? My name is Peter Guidry, and I am the host of the Retiring with Enough podcast. Today, we'll talk a bit about Social Security. Social Security is a pretty big topic, so obviously we're not going to tackle the whole subject today. We're going to dial it down a little bit and discuss Social Security payments. With inflation back in the picture over the last two years, we'll dial it down just a bit more and we'll speak about COLAs. What are COLAs? COLAs are cost of living adjustments. And obviously, in the last two years, these cost of living adjustments are becoming pretty important. So today is COLA Day. What is a COLA? What does it mean to Social Security recipients? And have COLAs kept pace with inflation and are COLAs beneficial to recipients? Let's find out. But before we can talk about COLAs, we need to lay a little bit of groundwork and talk about basic Social Security benefits. In the calendar year 2023, there's something called a special minimum, and that benefit ranges from $49.40 per month to $1,000.33 per month. A person who works at least 11 years, making a minimum income of $17,820, will be paid a minimum of $49.40 per month at full retirement age. For someone who works for at least 30 years, the minimum amount at full retirement age would be $1,033.50 a month. So really, it should be noted that most people receive regular Social Security benefits. According to the Social Security Administration, in 2022, only about 23,000 people took advantage of the Special Minimum Social Security Benefits Program. So now we know a little bit about the minimum amounts paid, but what about the maximum Social Security benefits provided? In the calendar year 2023, the maximum benefit for someone who files at age 62 is $2,364. The maximum benefit for someone who files at full retirement age, which now varies between 66 years and four months for those born in 1956, and 66 years and six months for those born in 1957. This amount is $3,000. $345. The maximum benefit for someone who delays filing until age 70 is $4,194. So the basic concept of Social Security is if you file for Social Security benefits at your full retirement age, which again varies a little bit now, but your maximum benefit would be $3,345. If you take that number and reduce it by approximately 8% a year, then you would come up rounding to 2364 at, at age 62. If you take that same PIA amount at full retirement age, uh, 3345, and you multiply it by 8% a year, then that should give you that number of 4194 or generally around there at age 70. So generally, people who take retirement benefits early are penalized at about 8% a year in reduction of benefits. And people who delay claiming 
Social Security benefits from full retirement age to age 70 receive an additional 8% a year from full retirement age until they begin drawing Social Security at age 70. The Social Security Act itself was signed into law by President Roosevelt on August 14, 1935. The Social Security Act created the program called Social Security, which was designed to pay retired workers age 65 or older retirement income for life. Taxes for Social Security were collected the first time on January 20, 1937, and the first payments, which were lump sum payments, were made that same month. Regular monthly benefits started in January of 1940. Originally, the Social Security Act of 1935 was named the Economic Security Act, but it was changed to the Social Security Act in 1935 during congressional consideration of the bill. Many people complain, although falsely, that members of Congress, the President, and the Vice President do not contribute to the Social Security system. All members of Congress have paid into the Social Security system since January the 20th of 1984. There are still a few federal employees who are hired prior to January 1984 who do not participate in the Social Security system. All federal employees hired on or after January 1st, 1984, are mandatorily covered under the Social Security Act. The initial retirement age of 65 was enacted in 1935, and that was based primarily on existing old age pension systems, and it was confirmed by actuarial studies. So when did COLA's cost of living adjustments come into existence? Annual increases in Social Security benefits used to offset the effects of inflation on fixed income are known as cost of living allowances. The United States Social Security Administration makes these cost of living adjustments every year to ensure people receiving Social Security benefits can maintain their standard of living. Annual COLA is announced every third quarter of the year and usually matches the annual change in CPI-W, the Consumer Price Index for Urban Wage Earners and Clerical Workers. And I'll quickly read through the rest of this. A 1950 amendment to the Social Security Act legislated the first increase in Social Security benefits. These increases appeared in the October 1950 checks. So there it is. COLA started in October of 1950. A second increase was legislated for September 1952. These two increases almost double the value of Social Security benefits for existing beneficiaries. After September 1952, benefits were increased only through special legislation of Congress for that specific purpose. In 1972, the legislation was changed to provide an annual automatic increase of living allowances, COLAs. Those were first paid in 1975 as a result of the 1972 legislation, and recipients now receive automatic annual increases in Social Security benefits. The Retiring with Enough blog site hosts a chart which shows the annual Social Security increases from 1950 
to 2013. So obviously on the podcast, I'm not going to go through each of these individually. Just to say that I'm, I'm glancing at them now, they range from a high of 20% in 1972 to a low of zero annual increase in 29, 2010, and 2015. So how is COLA determined? Again, I'm going to read through this kind of quickly. The government calculates the Social Security COLA by comparing the average CPI-W of the third quarter of the previous year to the average CPI-W of the third quarter of the current year. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the Consumer Price Index for Urban Wage Earners and Clerical Workers, the CPI-W, is a monthly measure of the average change over time in the prices paid by urban wage earners and clerical workers for a market basket of consumer goods and services. The CPI-W is based on the spending patterns of the urban wage earners and clerical workers. Index data are available for the U.S. city average or the national average for various geographic regions, for national population size classes of urban areas, and for cross-classifications of regions and size classes. Individual indexes are available for more than 200 items, apples, men's shirts, airline fares, and over 120 different combinations of items, fruits and vegetables, food at home, food and beverages, and all items. And I know that this has actually changed a little bit over the last few years, and by that I mean they've, they being the Social Security Administration, has changed the way that they classify and figure this CPI-W Consumer Price Index. And I'm not sure whether it's it's actually helped or hurt uh, consumers and Social Security recipients, but allegedly it's it's supposedly to have helped them. But the bottom line is that everyone who gets Social Security benefits also receives the COLA increase. The government calculates that Social Security COLA by comparing this CPI-W, blah, 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 and then the year-over-year percentage increase is the COLA, or the increase in Social Security benefits, which begins in December, and it's paid in January of the following year. Let me give you an example. The COLA adjustment for 2023 is 8.7%. To calculate your 2023 COLA increase, you would multiply your monthly payment in 2022 by 8.7% and add that amount to the amount you received in the previous year. For example, if you earned $10,000 in 2022, your 2023 amount would be 10,000 times 8.7% or $10,870. And of course, The benefit actually starts in December, but it's paid in January of the following year. Retirees who delay filing until age 70 will receive that 30% increase in benefits that I spoke about earlier, but they also participate in any COLA increases during the period before claiming. So between age 66, which is your full retirement age, And age 70, if you delay claiming benefits, 
then you'll receive an additional 8% on, based on your PIA on that original retirement amount per year plus any additional cost of living adjustments that occur from age 66, your full retirement age, until age 70 when you actually start claiming benefits. Those cost of living adjustments, which accumulate every year, are actually in addition to the extra 30% base increase in Social Security benefits. But back to the original question, have COLAs, cost of living adjustments, kept up with inflation? The short answer is probably. But you don't necessarily have to believe me because the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College has also said that Social Security's COLA has kept up well with inflation over the past 20 years. But I will say that in the short term, COLAs probably don't offset the effects of inflation. In the short term, Social Security recipients experience that gap, that short-term loss of buying power as inflation erodes your benefits, but your COLA adjustments are only determined and paid once a year. So there's that small lag in COLA payments because inflation occurs year-round, but the COLA payments are determined and are paid monthly, but they're determined annually, and the monthly payments begin in January of the following year. So I feel like there is a short-term gap uh, because of the lag in in when benefits, uh, cost of living benefits are determined and paid. But I also feel like over the long term, there's a smoothing effect that the cost of living adjustments provide. And so in general, I do feel like COLA adjustments have kept pace with inflation. But not all recipients are happy with the way the COLA payments are determined and applied. But the long-term effects of the cost of living adjustments have definitely been very beneficial for Social Security recipients. It's pretty hard to dispute the fact that inflation erodes buying power and those on a fixed income are the most affected, primarily because they have no wages to help offset the uh, effects of inflation. The Social Security Administration's COLA has been very effective in the fight against inflation for those on fixed income. But like I said, it's not perfect, nor is it pain-free. Because of the fact that the CPIW is a trailing index, it doesn't track inflation as it occurs, but in relation to the past information that's provided. So the bad news for Social Security recipients is that they have to wait a whole year while inflation rages before their payments are adjusted. In general, the Social Security program and the implementation of the COLA increases have provided critical funding for many Americans who are faced with income shortfalls later in life. Almost every American receives Social Security benefits And for about half, about 50%, that is the majority of their monthly income. But it's important to remember that Social Security was never designed to replace all income generated while working. It was actually designed as a safety net to provide income for the basic living expenses of the elderly. And now some final thoughts. The Social Security Act was signed into law in 1935 but it took until the 1954 Congress 
to realize that the cost of living adjustments were needed by the Social Security recipients to keep pace with inflation. The annual cost of living adjustment was first paid in 1975. Prior to 1975, any payment adjustments were initiated by congressional action. The 1972 Social Security legislation made cost of living adjustments annual and automatic. COLA payments have proven to be an effective way to combat inflation over the past 20 years. In the short term, COLA payments are marginally effective in combating inflation. But over the long term, as inflation eases, these payments have the effect of smoothing inflation and are definitely beneficial for Social Security recipients. In my next podcast, we're going to take a run at the S&P 500 and try and make a decision if having a 100% allocation or basically going all in on the S&P 500 index is a good or a bad idea. So stay tuned for that one. And as always, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to leave a review. And if you want to partake in an online conversation, be sure to search for the Retiring with Enough group on Facebook. Thanks. The information and opinions contained on this podcast are for general education and are considered general communications. Information on the podcast was obtained from various sources and retiring with enough does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information presented. Retiring with enough strongly recommends that you perform your own independent research and or speak with a qualified investment professional, legal advisor, or tax professional before making any financial decisions. The information and opinions expressed should not be construed as financial planning and does not consider the economic status or risk profile of any specific person, nor does it constitute an offer to buy or sell securities.